Greetings and welcome, fierce listeners. If you ever wondered how you can be a part of what God is doing in your spouse's heart, even when it feels like they've completely, uh, they're stonewalling you or their heart has been turned into stone, uh, this is an episode that is sure to bless you. It's sure to give you some insight. We actually got to talk to a, a friend of ours. His name is Jared Lopes. He runs a ministry out of Portland, Oregon. It's called Dad Tired. He's got a Facebook group. It's got over 10,000 members. Uh, they have a podcast that's, that's highly popular. And the whole ministry is around trying to just remind men and really contextualize their lives around the gospel in terms of fatherhood and being a husband. And uh, anyway, we did talk about parenting a little bit in this episode, but don't don't lose heart. We talked about marriage. We talked specifically how Layla, Jared's wife, uh, prayed and contended for him in a time when he thought they were headed toward divorce and how that resulted in God softening his heart. So if you've ever been there, then this episode will be one that gives you hope. I also want to make note, we recorded this episode uh, a little while back before a lot of the current events that are unfolding uh, as you listen to this. Um, so there's a little bit of context that, that might seem off, but just rest assured, we didn't record this yesterday. We recorded it uh, a little while back, months ago, in fact. So anyway, I'm still confident the content is relevant. So do listen. We hope it blesses you and we'll see you on the other side. All right, we're here with Jared Lopes. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing so good. Thanks for having me. All right, yeah, it's. Uh, we were just saying off before we started recording that uh, we're a little rusty on the interview side of things. So, fierce listeners, have some patience with us. We'll try to ask good, <laughs> compelling questions, as I know Jared uh, will give us good, compelling answers. <laughs> but, so, Jared, tell us a little bit about yourself. We know that you are the founder originator, the brain behind Dad Tired and Loving It. Tell us about what that is and uh, how it helps people online. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, thanks for having me. And I know that you guys are in the thick of mom and dad yes. tired uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> for recording this. So uh, definitely have grace. We have a one-year-old. Uh, so we're just getting out of mm. that like new infant season. But yeah, <laughs> uh, so I run, I run a ministry called Dad Tired. I've been a pastor for 13 years wow. um, in the church world mainly, but then in the last three, four years, I've been running this uh, uh, nonprofit for dads, totally by accident, never planned to do this, but uh, just fell into it. We can talk about that more if that makes sense. But, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, married, married way up. I uh, still don't know why or how she said <laughs> yes, but married a woman named Layla. She's an oncology nurse and the mother of my children and my, wow. my best friend and wife. And, uh, so we've been married coming up on 10 years. We're about to celebrate 10 year anniversary. And then we've Aww. got three kids, a uh, eight year old boy, a six year old girl. And then, like I said, that our one year old baby girl. Wow. Eight year old, six year old and a one year old. So at what point yeah. did you realize, man, I'm dad tired. I need to start help, helping some guys through this. At what point did in that did you start everything? Uh, when Layla was pregnant with our first. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you knew what was coming. <laughs> well, I mean, you got, you know, if for anyone that's listening, that's a parent, like pregnancy is stressful. Like it, the, the stress of parenting starts before the baby's even born. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, as, as soon as Layla was pregnant with our first, uh, I remember getting all the books and just feeling totally overwhelmed by the information, like before he even came. So hmm. yeah, I, I didn't have any branding called dad tired, but I definitely felt like dad overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So you're pastoring, right? I assumed at the time, uh, you're yeah. pregnant, uh, your, your wife is pregnant with your first child 
and yeah. you get this kind of epiphany that says, wow, this is overwhelming. And so you had something in you prompt to, 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 to what, to start writing about, it, start sharing about it. How did that all form? And I guess, uh, I guess give us some of your origin story in terms of the dad tired side of things. Yeah. So dad tired actually didn't start until later, uh, after my daughter was born. And like I said, it started by accident because I was a pastor. I had helped uh, partner with a friend to plant some churches and um, that went really sideways. Hmm. Um, that like the, the PG version is just, uh, <laughs> it, it went really terrible, man. Like it was, it, it, we started out as like really good friends and uh, it turned out we were like better friends and we were co-laborers. Hmm. And um, so it just went really, really terribly. And so I ended up being hurt by the church, which was like, I had heard people, I had been in ministry for over 10 years at that time. And I had heard a bunch of people say that they had been hurt by the church. And I'm like, eh, well, it's probably on you. You know, every time I heard that, I was like, it's probably on you. Uh, and then I found myself for the first time, like hurt by the church. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, this is like a real thing. Hmm. And, um, and it actually sent me into a tailspin. Like, uh, like I said, I'm kind of giving you the clean version, but I really was like, uh, it was the first time since I was 18 years old that I found myself outside of a paid ministry role. And, uh, and I just didn't know oh, wow. who I was. Like I was, I was in a huge identity crisis mm -hmm. and I didn't, and I just was floundering and like short story long. Like I just, I, I really pulled away from my wife and from my kids. I became very selfish. I isolated myself on purpose. I didn't want to be around anybody, especially Christians. Um, in my pain and in my sin. And so I was just like, I was doing my own thing and uh, I was just being really, really rebellious. And I personally, my, my wife probably would have said, would not have agreed with this because she was committed for the long haul, but I thought we were headed towards divorce. Oh, wow. mm. And there was a time where we were in the middle of a fight, which was pretty regular for us. And we were in our bedroom and we were fighting and I was like younger and immature. I'm not that I'm more mature, but I was less mature, I guess. <laughs> probably a little more and, mature. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was younger for sure. And, uh, and so I said something to her to be hurtful, just in my immaturity. I just said something to be hurtful and her eyes started to well up with tears, which for her was pretty rare because she's, she's emotionally like a rock. <laughs> and so she, her eyes started well up with tears and she said, Jared, I just want you to know I've been waking up every morning at 2 AM and I go into the living room and I pray that God would capture your heart again. Mm. Mm. And I didn't know what to do with that information. Like I, <laughs> I would, I always say I would have rather she cussed me out cause I was ready for a fight, you know, but I, right. I didn't know how to like handle that. I couldn't slam the door, stomp off. Uh, and the Holy spirit really used that moment as a way to just soften my heart and start to draw my heart back to his. And I ended up writing this blog that basically said I wasn't like a blogger or anything. It was just a very classic millennial thing for me to do, like process on social media. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I just wrote this Facebook post and I basically said like, man, I feel like I suck as a husband and dad, but I don't want to, like, I don't want to bail like my dad bailed. And I don't want to, I don't want this to be like the end. I don't want to continue this cycle of sin that's been in my family for generations. And uh, that blog, that little post ended up being shared like hundreds of thousands of times, oh, wow. mainly by mommy blogs. <laughs> and uh, and then all of a sudden I had all these guys from around the world saying, 
man, I can relate to that. I feel the same way. And so I just started, I tried to gather us all in one place. So I started a Facebook group, a closed Facebook group and Facebook said, you need to name the group. So I just called it dad tired. Uh, and <laughs> so that's, great. that's how dad tired started. Um, so anyway, that was a really long answer to your very short question, but Wow. Yeah, that was, like I said, it was an accident, man. I, I did not plan to start Dad Tired that way. So you weren't just saying that like, oh, it's an accident, kind of as just a nice, <laughs> it's like, no, because no. a lot of times that's, yeah, I mean, that it truly was an accident. So you find yourself with presumably thousands of guys and wondering and looking to you for kind of guidance, right? Not that you have it all figured out, but you're kind of the, the leader, uh, lead co-traveler, I would say. So- yeah. What what are some of the most prevalent and reoccurring issues you're seeing in the lives of fathers and mothers, really, and families, that, it, given our modern context, right? There's a lot of unique things happening around us, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. especially today. I won't say what's going on today, but a big thing's happening today in the, in the world, <laughs> right. in our country. Right. And that's just, a, I think, a glimmer of, I think, the chaos that we're living in. So yeah. what are some of the most prevalent reoccurring issues you're seeing? Yeah. So I always say like God tricked me back into ministry because I was pretty committed <laughs> to never be in ministry again. And then, and now I'm, you know, doing a lot more than I ever was. Um, and, and really like, I like the way you say that kind of the, just, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but taking the lead and just kind of like right. journey, on this journey together. And I, in many ways, I just feel like the mascot, like, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to fail first and then talk about it on a podcast yeah. <laughs> and, yep. and then allow guys to kind of process with me. But uh, the thing that I now spending time, uh, online and in conferences and stuff with tens of thousands of guys, like, I think the thing that probably comes up the most, like the, the, the consistent thread, obviously there's all kinds of sin issues. Like we could talk about guys being addicted to pornography and anger and drinking and lust and yeah, like wives wanting their husbands to lead more, all very valid and important things. Like, but th those are things that we're used to hearing about when we're, when we're right. talking about like the marriage parenting stuff. But I think the biggest like th common thread in the middle of all of it is there's so many of us guys, I'm 32 years old. There's many of us guys who did not grow up with a dad to teach them what it looks like to be the spiritual leader of their home. Mm. And either one, he was absent. Like the, the dad was completely physically absent. That was my story. My dad was not around. He bailed when I was three. Uh, but then there's a lot of guys who their dad was there, but even as a good dad, didn't really teach him like, here's mm. what it looks like to lead your family well mm. towards Jesus. And so we've got a lot of dads, like all of my peers who we're trying, we're trying to swing hard the opposite direction and like mm. be the men that God's called us to be. You see dads now like at the park playing with their kids, dads who are doing dishes and cooking and helping around the house. Like they're, tr we're trying, we're trying our best, but I think most guys still feel totally ill-equipped to lead their family towards mm. Jesus. They're like, I love my family. I'm committed to staying around with my kids. I just don't know what it looks like to actually help point them towards Christ. Mm. Hmm. Wow. Wow. This is a big blind spot. That, I mean, even as you're saying that, I'm feeling so blessed that my dad did stick around and he is, yeah. and Selena will say this, he's anything but passive. <laughs> my dad, he's, he's it's amazing. It's so rare. Yeah. yeah. It's so rare. I mean, he, there, there's definitely like a f flip side to that coin, right? He, he's learned to kind of give us, you know, the right boundary or the right to kind of space and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But you're right, man. And the more we talk to people, the more we realize like there's a lot of guys that are just feeling like they're, they're just swinging for the fences and have never seen it done before and they're trying so yeah. hard right it's, yeah. it's crazy well and man. even on the flip side i guess i'd say from a mom's perspective or a wife you know my parents were divorced when i was i think eight 
And so my mom had to work. She was going to school to be a nurse. And so I, as, as much as she provided for us, you know, there was definitely some gaps emotionally of where, mm. you know, how to navigate emotions and how to communicate healthy, you know, healthily, I guess, to each other. And so I, I feel what you're saying just from a, like a woman's perspective of like, I've never done this before. And I don't I feel like I'm trying really hard, but I don't know if I'm doing it right. Like, it's just kind of right. blindly leading your children, but not blind because you're like, you're trusting the Lord. We were reading Noah's Ark the other day in the Bible with the kids, this, the Jesus storybook Bible. And I was like, man, I feel like motherhood is like building an ark in the desert. Sometimes. <laughs> like mm, yeah, God's going to bring totally. the rain, you know, and he, you trust his word, but you're just, you're building. You're like, Lord, I don't know. I can't see the clouds in the sky, but I'm just going to keep <laughs> building. Trusting, right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. yeah. So, um, just one more question. Well, there's a few more questions we have for you. Cause we're so interested to hear everything you have to say. I am. I think my husband <laughs> oh, is too. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, your book, it starts off differentiating between the book of Genesis is normal and the normal that we're, we're used to kind of nowadays. Um, maybe yeah. you can share some of the differences between, between the two and how or like why our normal has changed uh, from your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I tell a story in that book. How I'm, I'm actually colorblind. So I tell a story in the, in that part of the book where mm. um, my wife took me to this um, research um, like a trial that they were having at a college nearby and they were, they had been making these colorblind corrective glasses so that if you wear it, you've put on the glasses, apparently you're supposed to be able to see mm. the world in real color, okay. um, which is amazing. <laughs> I'd seen some YouTube videos on it. And so I wanted to try it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I spent the entire day there and they couldn't find a single pair of glasses or lenses that, w- oh. that would help me. I was like, try- at one point I thought about just faking it, like just making it, trying to make it <laughs> just for just, YouTube. Just so you can go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, but the, the point is, uh, I talk about that cause on YouTube you can watch and, and we, as people who are colorblind, not that this, I'm labeling it like it's a much bigger deal than it is. It's not really that big of a deal, but people who are colorblind, you know, we can't, we don't really know like, I don't walk around constantly thinking about how I'm colorblind. This is just all I know. It's what I'm used to. Huh. But then I, you see these people on YouTube try on these glasses for the first time, and all of a sudden they see the world as it's meant to be seen. And mm. they're and it's like, holy cow, this is amazing. There's one particular video of a guy who looks down. His wife gives him these glasses, and he's looking around, and he's like, he's trying to play it cool, and he's like, oh, this is cool. And then he looks down at his daughter, who apparently had big blue eyes, and he just starts bawling. Oh. He had like never seen the beauty of his daughter's oh. eyes before. I'm gonna cry right and, now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so he, I mean. So he he's seen the world as it should be. And the, the point that I make in the book is that all of us are living in the world. What we we all kind of expect that this is, I guess, this is normal life. Like I, one thing I say is what could we see on the news right now that would actually surprise us? There's all kinds of evil. Like we pull up the news app on our phone or we watch the news and like there's tons of wickedness and evil, but we're not that surprised anymore. Like it's just kind of our normal. This is what we're used to now, but it's not like this isn't how God intended things to be. And so when Jesus shows up on the scene and he starts healing people and he's healing the sick and he's forgiving and he's teaching people what feels radical, it wasn't actually radical. It was just the way God intended things to be Mm. all along. He's just pointing their eyes back to the way things used to be. He's giving them colorblind glasses. Like, Hey, I know you thought the world has always looked like this or should look like this, but here's actually what the world should look like. And that's really what I'm trying to teach my kids is like, Hey, 
we tell the story of Genesis in the Bible. I read the, the storybook Bible and the Bible with my kids all the time. And we talk about Genesis and creation a lot. And they laugh about how when humans are with God and they're naked. And I'm like, this, but this is how God intended. Right. God never <laughs> imagined that you would live in shame. Mm. Like shame is not normal. And so I'm trying to not just teach them like good or bad or right and wrong, but I want to teach them like, this is what normal looks like in the kingdom. And let's try mm. to get back to that. And, and in the church world, we call that like God redeeming things. He's bringing things back to the way things used to be. Just this morning, I was, I was doing some journaling and asking God to lift my eyes to a lot of times we pray for things that we kind of like, if, if it doesn't happen, we're okay. Or we, we, we're, we can accept it not happening, right? Or we, we can rationalize it not happening. Or we pray for God to give us strength in things that really we have strength to do on our own. And asking God to really calibrate my my own sense of vision and faith to think bigger thoughts, not not bigger as in bigger goals, bigger worldly ambitions, but bigger in that things that only God can accomplish and things yeah. that I have to trust him to do. And to me, that's more normal in the life of a, a believer. It should be. It's not normal by definition because I don't do it often enough, but hopefully it can be become normal. So I think that's such a good thought. I just wanted to, one thing I tell guys a lot when I'm speaking at men's conferences is I think that a lot of our churches are filled with men who are bored. And I I think that like what you just said there for bigger ambitions, like I think there's so many guys who hear this call, like, Hey, God's redeeming the world. He's doing crazy things. Like he wants you to be part of it. Look at how big and majestic God is. And he's inviting you into this. And guys are like, awesome. That sounds great. Like, what do I need to do? Where can I sign up? And then we tell them like, Hey, you can sign up to like volunteer, uh, to shake hands on a Sunday morning or pass the communion basket or set up chairs, which (laughs) we all need. Like all of our churches need that. That's good stuff. But I just feel like guys are guys especially, but I think humans just are longing for more than that. Like Mm. give me, invite me into something that's beyond myself that might scare me a little bit. Mm. And, and when guys aren't invited into that, typically they go look for that kind of adventure and really dumb and bad places, um, sinful places. They look for it in pornography or they look for it like in work to to try to climb the like social or career ladder Mm. or, you know, hobbies, fantasy football. And uh, (laughs) by the way, these are all things like I love doing, right? I love fantasy football and all this stuff, but we just look for things where we like, where can I find the next kind of rush Mm. when I think Jesus invited us into that. Uh, and so I just love that you said, like, I love that that's your prayer. Like, God, call me into something that scares me a little bit, that it, that requires some faith beyond myself. Yeah. Well, man, yeah, I feel like all those things you talked about, you know, like volunteering at the church and all that kind of stuff, like you said, it's so important, but it's it's, it's got to be an overflow of us responding personally to the personal call of Christ to be a disciple yeah. and to go and make disciples. And that in itself is, it will co- it will cost you everything. If you really totally. are making disciples, I love that Jesus requires nothing less than everything we have mm. to give. And it's, it's, I remember when I got saved, it was like standing at the edge of a cliff, which I love cliff jumping, right? Like into, <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're in the Northwest, you're in the, you're in the Portland area. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. So there's mm-hmm. some awesome cliff jumping down there in, in like Southeast or Southwest Washington. There's some amazing spots. And I don't know if you've ever gone cliff jumping based on your, the, your river story that I read in your book, probably like an <laughs> adrenaline rush or two, but you stand there and you're so nervous, you know, it's going to be good. You know, it's going to be scary, but that's what draws you to it. And I feel like Jesus is calling us to something like that, but so much bigger and better than that, of course. And totally. as soon as we, I think, take that, that leap, that's when I think we're truly living, right? And we're trusting that's him right. fully. Um, one of the things you talked about 
is uh, raising moral children, right? And kind of how you take issue with this 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 idea of raising quote unquote moral children to be moral adults, uh, and and how uh, maybe that's contra contrary to what God's design might be. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think it's a lot along the same lines of what we're talking. Like I, I just remember when I was working in the church world, like it was almost as there were a lot of families who kind of were using church as just another tool to help make their kids like behave or be, do the right thing. Like maybe if I, if my kids get super involved in church, they won't like sleep around or do drugs or like any of the big sins. Right. And so it's just right. kind of another, I hope, I hope they kind of become moral people and church might help. And I think it just goes back to what we were talking about. Like it doesn't really invite them into the adventure of God's redeeming story of humanity back to himself and us being part of that. Instead, it's just like, maybe this will help us become more moral and follow the rules. And kids like, man, they know when we're not like passionate about things. And <laughs> and, and it just like that very quickly turns in the, well, it very quickly turns into kids who abandon the faith altogether. Right. Um, and I actually just attended a conference um, with the founders and the uh, main researchers over at the Barna Group, which is a Christian research group. Yeah. And uh, and they gave just alarming statistics about where young people are headed. Mm-hmm. Christians who are, they're just I mean, we all know this, but like to see data behind it was just yeah. really heartbreaking of how many young people are just leaving the church in droves. And, uh, and it, I think it's just because they knew like their parents didn't really believe this stuff or like it didn't affect their day to day life. It was just like a Sunday thing where they just try to kind of follow more rules. And who wants that? Like who, right. if, I, if, if I just wanted to have more rules, like I, no, thanks man. Like it, none of us want that. I'd rather sleep in on Sunday and watch football than like go somewhere where it's just going to tell me more rules. So, uh, yeah, we're not like the goal of parenting is definitely not to raise just moral children. It's to, it's to raise disciples of Jesus who really understand that they're part of God's redemptive plan for humanity. Love it. So good. So good. Um, Excuse me, I'm going to change courses just a little bit, just coming from the the wife's perspective and ask you to talk about your wife a little bit, just because in in a certain capacity, because when you were sharing your story about how your wife was praying for you and praying for your heart, we get so many wives that write in and they're like, you know, all those things. My husband's not leading our, not being the spiritual leader of our home. He's not engaging with our children. We're having trouble connecting, you know, all those kinds of things. And from, from a husband's perspective, how was your wife instrumental to you? You know, she wasn't obviously nagging you. She wasn't. And obviously, you know, women have different personalities and we're all different people. But what are some things that stuck out in your mind of how your wife loved you well in that season of, of hardship? Yeah, well, a couple of things. Um, first, I know I hear this question a lot from even in the entire group from wives who are like, how can I get my husband to lead our family? <laughs> well, and um, the truth is like, what can you do? Like the, the beauty of what Layla did was she was praying because she knew she didn't have the capacity to change my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, and she knew that she actually needed my heart to change. She could have nagged. Like if she would have just like, Jared, do this, Jared, do this, Jared, do this. Either one, I would have been bitter or two, I would have just complied to get her to stop nagging. But that wouldn't have like made its way down into the depths of my heart. 
Um, it just would have changed my behavior. And she knew like, I need more than Jared's behavior to change. I need his heart to change. Mm. And I don't have the capacity to change Jared's heart. There's only one heart changer and that's Jesus. Uh, yeah. It's the Holy Spirit that goes in and he, he does that kind of work. And so it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing when a wife says, I do not have the capacity to change my husband's heart. And so I will go to the one who can. And that you would be faithful in prayer for that. Like I believing the Holy Spirit can mm. and wants to change your husband's heart for his glory and for your husband's good and for the good of your family. And so you just pray. Um relentlessly and passionately and desperately pray. But mm. then there's also some things like practically beyond that, that you can do. I think, I, I, I think that most men, again, this is kind of like a general statement, but I think most men love to fix things. We've all heard that, right? Like men mm. are kind of the fixers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that if you invite your husband in um, to have perspective on you and your family, where he could be used in his own giftings as a way to help bring your family up. Uh, I think that he'll start to feel valued. And so practically this is what it would look like when my wife comes to me and she says, Jared, um, there's something about me. There's a problem in me or there's a frustration that I'm seeing in my, I'm frustrated about this characteristic or this habit in myself or in our family. And I just can't figure it out. I know God's wired you different. Can you just help think through this with me from your perspective? Because I love the way that you think on this. And to invite your husband into that, like, I think it would just empower him so much to feel like, man, God, God has gifted me differently. We're both equal but unique roles here in this this marriage and so like what would it look like for me to bring my unique giftings into that when you invite him into that i think it just honors him but it also challenges him to become the man that god is calling him to be and then last the last thing i'll say is this um there's so many of us men who did not grow up with a man around or a dad around who was telling us who we are our real identity And so there's tons of us searching and I'm purposely using the word us because I'm in this like super guilty of it. Um, But there are so many of us who are searching desperately for our our identity and we do it through work and accomplishments and what we can, you know, I'm the this guy or I'm the that guy or whatever. And we're just chasing it. This like we're chasing the wind, trying to find our identity. And what's true is. We don't have somebody or we never had somebody to say, this is who you are. And there's so many wives who I think underestimate the power of their words for their husband. We say this a lot for our kids, like our children will become who we tell them they are. Um, but I think your husband will become who you tell him he is. And he, you may be the most significant voice in his life, more than a boss, more than friends, more than a pastor, like from his wife to say, babe, this is who God has made you to be. He has made you to be a man of integrity. He has made you to be a leader. He has made you to be a man of God who is faithful to lead us. Like he has made you Mm. this way. He may have nobody else to say that, like that's saying that to him. And to hear that from his wife would be so huge. Mm. So anyway, I know I kind of rambled a little bit there, but I think that those are just really, that that would be really helpful for a wife. Well, I mean, and everything we've heard from our audience has just reinforced all that kind of stuff. And like. Uh, your spouse can either take the wind right out of your sails or they can fill your sails like so to the true. brim. Yeah. And one of the analogies we use is, um, I won't get into the whole story, but when we were first married, uh, in our second year of marriage, we actually moved to Switzerland. I was very sick. I had, I had to have open heart surgery. And part of that process is uh, after the surgery, you have these uh, wires that are 
put next to your heart in strategic spots in case something happens and your heart stops or slows, they can reset it. They can basically connect mm-hmm. it to a battery and just reset the thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I use that. That just was such a vivid picture to me of how a spouse kind of has those direct lines to your heart, right? They can either bring life or death, right? They, if the doctors ever chose mm-hmm. to, they could electrocute my heart or they could gently revive it. And I mm-hmm. think you're, that's exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. is how, man, if you just start taking um what's the word like uh having some skin in the game with your with your husband or your wife's heart mm. and humanizing them in a way that God humanizes them and saying this is your identity you're not just doing things you are a person becoming someone and i'm going to call you into that becoming just as God in Christ has called us into becoming uh people that more accurately represent who he is his character all that good stuff so, I mean, yeah. you didn't ramble. I, I mean, that was all falling on very yes. uh, open ears over here. I yes. love hearing that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think I hear you guys talk about this a lot. I love that how much you guys talk about this and encourage people who are listening to to have this kind of thinking. But like just the constant reminder that God before the creation of the world knew that you would be partnered with your particular spouse. Mm. And he did that for your good and for your spouse's good and for God's glory, not Mm. just for your joy. And Mm. that's such a perspective shift. Like I'm not just here so that my wife will make me happy and I can make her happy. I am being used by God to help her become the woman God has designed her to be. And so really taking ownership of that role, like, man, I'm not just here to get, 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 but I'm here to serve in such a way. Like, here's who I see you becoming. And I'm so excited to partner with God to help you become that person. Mm, I love that. I love that. So I want to spend uh, the next few minutes and we only got a few minutes left, but um, just getting really practical. So if you were able to sit down with a, a new husband, a new father and spend maybe two hours over coffee with this young man or with maybe maybe you and Layla with, with this husband and his wife, right? You're sitting down and just sharing um, wisdom. What would you say practically? How can, how can that husband, that family, um, how can they really uh, lean into, lean on and lean into God in order to allow the kingdom of God to work in and through them uh, in particular through their marriage and through their kids? Yeah. So the, I think the greatest, like the way that God designed marriage, the the greatest glimpse of the gospel that we can give our kids, we can give each other, we can give our community and the world around us is when we show them that we can be fully known and fully loved at the same time. Like marriage is such a beautiful picture of that. I don't know where else that can happen to basically say, here's all of me my sin, my brokenness, like everything I am fully exposed. And at the same time, have somebody look at that and say, wow, that's really messy. I'm not, I'm going to bail because there's a million other fish in the sea. Instead of saying that, they say, I know I'm sticking around because I'm going to commit to you because even in the middle of my mess, God didn't bail on me. And two people who are constantly doing that is a glimpse of the gospel. My kids get a glimpse of the gospel daily when they see daddy mess up. And instead of mommy bailing, she says, I'm sticking with you because God stuck with me. This is the kind of God we serve. He doesn't leave in the midst of messes, in the midst of brokenness. And so, um, so for a husband and wife, like that picture is most beautiful when two people are most vulnerable. This is actually, uh, uh, very much in line with your guys's book and your new book coming out, um, which I love. But uh, this is like 
the more vulnerable and the more I hide less and I say, here's all of who I am, the more that picture is realized and made more beautiful. Uh, in other words, the more I hide, the more that picture is inaccurate uh, and it's not a telling its full story. And so I would tell a, a husband and a wife to say like, lean into, like press into, practice daily, being vulnerable, repenting, confessing sin to each other so that you guys can love each other in the midst of your brokenness and mess and give yourselves and give your kids and give your neighbors and coworkers a glimpse of the God who sees all of you and still says, I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm sticking around. Wow. So good. Beautifully said. And I couldn't have said it uh, <laughs> any better. And I, I just love that picture of being transparent. That's obviously we have this, you've heard us talk about it. See through marriage is a book. It's something that's in our, not trying to promote our own book here. <laughs> that's no, I, br I brought it up on purpose because it's so good. I, I had the chance to endorse it for you guys and it was yes, just so thank good. You. I think it's important to bring up. Yeah. It's oh, great. Man. Thank you for doing that. Um, but yeah, this just being able to, uh, be be a what was it in John one right? It was talking about John the Baptist coming and how he was not the light, but he came to just shine the light, right? And to be the one to shine to to make Jesus known in those early days of Jesus's ministry and to prepare the way for him. And I feel like that's the call of us when we are honest with with ourselves, we're honest with God, we're honest with each other. Is we're we're not trying to be the light ourselves. We're recognizing that there is a light that shines from God through us. And can illuminate, you know, his truth in other people's hearts. And I just, I mean, everything you said is, I just love it. So tell us a little bit more and tell us where we can find um, Wait, your resources. Before, before you do that, though, we have one question that we usually ask a couple, but because Layla's not here, that's okay. You so just one -sided. Get, to, yeah. you get, to, <laughs> you get to share. Um, what is one of your favorite or most memorable dates that you guys have been on? Yeah, well, it's funny that she's not here because uh, one time I took her on a cruise and it, we went on a cruise just together. It was like a two night. It was very short, just like mm -hmm. out of L.A., just real, real short. We've done cruise. that one, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Catalina yeah, really Island, fun. that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's the one we did. So I, the whole time, I'm like, this is the best vacation of you no know, kids. <laughs> We're eating food. We're in another country. I just... Literally, I'm like, this is the best ever. We got home and I th we were at church and I talking to somebody and I can overhear her talking behind me, which you know how you do. Like you're listening to the person, but you can actually hear your yeah. spouse. Like right? oh, <laughs> you're actually listening to everything they're saying. And somebody said like, hey, how was the cruise? And she's like, oh, it was all right. It was good. And I'm like, my heart was just like, <laughs> what? Like that it was okay. It was good. She, you know, I like I've addressed, I've made fun of her on it so many times. She's like, no, it was fun. It was fine. You know, I'm just like, this was, I, in my mind, it was the best ever. So, uh, if she were here, she may some, say something different, but, uh, it, it, that was the most fun I've ever had. On our awesome. day. It's a fun, it's, I, I enjoy it because it's all, it's all self-contained, right? It's well, all, we had, we totally. didn't have kids at the time yes, either. So we were like, this is amazing. Like food at any yeah. hour of the day and no, sleep I, in and I could live on a cruise. Yeah. 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 By the way, okay, this is off script, but I got to ask, have you heard of and been to Great Wolf Lodge? I know it's, it's between you and, I, you and us. Have you uh, heard of that? Okay. No, I have Groupond stalked it for like years, <laughs> yes, okay. but I have never actually gone. Is it worth it? I will say it is worth it. We Groupon stocked it too yeah. and finally pulled the trigger last week. We you, only need a, oh. you only need a night there. Two's fine, but he's got somewhat older kids a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Oh, man. I think I think it's something you got to do. Two nights is plenty. Yeah. It's overwhelming otherwise. But there's a water park. It's not just like a little like cheap water park. Like, it is 
amazing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm like plugging this place now. But anyway, it'd be fun to meet halfway. <laughs> you get your family in. Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we'll go south. You come north, right? And we'll meet and we'll spend a couple of days getting to know each other uh, at that the That would be pool. amazing. It probably is exactly halfway. It's, I think it's an hour and a half from us. Is it an hour and a half from me? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yep. <laughs> there we go. So anyways. <laughs> anyways, so. Tell us about your book and, or I guess where to find your book and where to, where to look for all the good dad tired and loving it treasures uh, yeah yeah thank you guys well yeah just dadtired.com is kind of the hub for everything that we do podcast and blogs and we have an online community we've got like over ten thousand guys in our online community wow that's a cool group where guys can just like they're encouraging each other and praying for each other meeting up for coffee in their local area so that's a really cool group to be part of and then the books just everywhere books are sold um you know amazon seems to be the main place but also barnes and noble and all those fun places too. I will say I loved holding your book. I, I, the, I loved, <laughs> I feel like the, the design was done really well, but it's also just written very well. So I can't endorse it enough. Obviously, if you've been listening, listener, for the last 35 minutes, you'll know that Jared's a solid guy with solid um, views of the Bible. And uh, this book does not disappoint. So hop over to dadtired.com, find those resources. But yeah. Jared, thank you so much for joining us, and please pass on our love to Layla for for um, holding down the fort so you could be on the phone with us. Um, and it's just been awesome. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Such a joy. I'll see you guys at Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> All right, see you then. All right, friends, I trust that this episode has blessed you and will prove fruitful in your life. As we mentioned, if you want to find any of Jared's resources, just go to dadtired.com or you can look up his book, Dad Tired and Loving It, Stumbling Your Way to Spiritual Leadership. It's on Amazon. It's wherever books are sold. So anyway, uh, make sure and pick up a copy of that book. I can't recommend it enough. I'm sure it'll bless you. It'll bless your life. It'll bless your family. It'll bless your marriage. Anyway, uh, as usual, um, we will see you in the next few days. And until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.